It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, that was a day. Um, that was that was interesting. And the Orlando Magic don't have an offense. So we'll we'll talk about it a little bit because there are good things happening, just not enough of them. You are locked on magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 18th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic's loss to the Portland Trailblazers. We'll break down what went wrong, uh, something that has gone wrong for a very, very long time, but we'll talk about it a little bit more, uh, and why the Magic's offense is something that just has to be resolved and solved here um, as part of this rebuild, something that cannot be forgotten, which it often is. We'll get to all that coming up here, plus the news about Jamal Mosley at the top of the show coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I want to thank you all for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when you down, right when we upload, whether it is on break, at work, at lunch, at workout, on your way home, whenever, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your daily routine. Remember, you can download us wherever you download podcasts, as well as watch us now streaming on YouTube. So, let's start with the big news. Um, late Monday afternoon, word came down that Jamal Mosley and assistant coach Nate Tibbetts had been placed in the health and safety protocols, and Jamal Mosley would not be coaching the team uh, during Monday's game, and he was uh, replaced by uh, I'm I'm always butchering this guy's name. I, I truly apologize. Um, uh, he he was replaced by one of his assistant coaches, and the Magic were kind of thrown uh, for a little bit of a loop, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, again, just it, I'm sure they knew before the public knew, or or they were preparing for it before the public knew. Uh, but it was definitely a surprise and a little bit of a shock to come. You know, right around quarter to right about a half hour before Jamal Mosley was scheduled to meet with the media. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Um, so Jesse Mermis took over as the head co- as the acting head coach of the Orlando Magic, and he'll be the acting head coach here for the next few days at least. Um, you know, again, certainly Jamal Mosley will miss this entire week. He'll miss Wednesday's game at Philadelphia for sure. Um, as will Nate Tibbetts, and Tibbetts is a really important part of the coaching staff as well. Um, and Friday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers, the soonest, um, if I'm not mistaken, from my understanding of the health and safety protocols is correct, the soonest Mosley and Tibbetts can rejoin the team will be Saturday, um, which means they could join the team for Sunday's home game against the Chicago Bulls. And obviously, I think the Magic would love to see them back as soon as possible. And hopefully they're both asymptomatic. Hopefully they're both feeling fine. Hopefully they're both uh, 
quarantine, quarantining and isolating to prevent further spread. Um, and obviously that's why the health and safety protocols are there um, as the league tries to operate while also being cognizant of the pandemic and limiting the spread as much as they can. Again, this stuff is unfortunate. It's it's a little bit random uh, whether you get it or not. Um, so you just hope that it isn't severe and hope that um, everything passes here quickly. Um, but that obviously put the magic in a little bit of a bind. Now all of a sudden they are have a new voice. And it's again, it's a voice that they know. It's a voice that, that's that's with the team. It's not like it's that big of a change. And really a, a successful team, it wouldn't change very much. Um, the plan is still the plan. The, the style is still the style. The way you play is still the way you play. And as much as uh, it certainly hurts to lose your lead voice and, and kind of the leader of that team, uh, you know, a good leader should be able to take a step back and allow the assistants to, lead, to to do their thing too, to, to, to continue on in the process. That's a healthy part of an ecosystem. Obviously, that ecosystem is still getting built here in Orlando. This game against the Portland Trailblazers, a 98-88 to 88 loss, felt very, very similar to the loss of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, it was different. Um, you know, I don't. Th- I think against Dallas, uh, Magic's defense was a, a little bit rocky and, and a little bit unsteady. And obviously, there were uh, a lot of mistakes made as far as fouling. Um, this game was a little bit different, um, but it was essentially the same thing. The Magic made mistakes. The Magic played with a, a lack of just overall energy. Um, they did. They did good things that they play with a lack of overall energy uh, and, and at critical, crucial points of the game, they got beat on bell plays, on the kind of plays this team is trying to build. Um, Jalen Suggs said it after the game, we've got to be better. Um, we've got to play with more urgency, with more energy. This was a low energy game. And for the second straight game, the Magic had a low energy game. And like I said, on yesterday's podcast, we're talking about that loss to the Mavericks. This is a Magic team that cannot be low energy. This is a team that's got to be outworking and outplaying and out hustling their opponents. That is the only way they're going to make up the talent deficit without a dominant go-to score, without a guy who can just take over a game. The Magic need to outwork their opponents. They need to play with more energy. They need to force the other the other team to bring their energy up to them rather than the Magic constantly having to match energy. They have to set the energy level. That's that's why we love the Heart and Hustle team. That's why we want this team to be like the Heart and Hustle team. Because they set the energy of the game. And frankly, that's a part where the Magic have really struggled. And I think that is a point of concern in the larger rebuild, and the bigger picture of what the Magic are trying to build right now. This season is supposed to be showing hints of what they can be. Obviously, we're not expecting them to win a ton of games. But consistency has been a big issue. And it's not just consistency as far as winning games. It's consistency in the effort that they display and the way that they play. It's it's still really hard to, to get a distinct style. Now, there are positive signs. I'm going to talk about a few of them coming up in a bit, but let's dive into what this happened in this game. Orlando couldn't shoot. That's 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 a big thing. That was a big part. Orlando missed, I think, their first seven threes of the game. They fell behind early, but they got themselves back. And credit to the bench. Jalen Suggs has been a big lift to that bench. He played with really good energy. I thought he was really, really good all game long. I'll get into his box score in a little bit. Um, but the Magic did a really good job turning their defense into offense. They got back in the game in the second quarter. Um, tied it, I think, at, at, on a few occasions, certainly got within one possession. And it looked like, okay, the Magic weathered an early storm. They put themselves back in a spot where they can compete and win the game. But Portland blew them out over the final three, four minutes of that second quarter. The, the Blazers finished the second quarter on a 16-2 to run to take a 14-point lead to the locker room. They did that by attacking the offensive glass. They had eight of their, I think, 12 offensive rebounds in the second quarter. 
They scored 11 points off those those uh, those offense rebounds. Again, when your offense is struggling so much, your margin for error shrinks considerably, and 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 the Magic just were paying for every single one of these mistakes, whether it was a turnover, whether it was an offensive rebound given up. They're paying for these mistakes, and, and not necessarily in points, but in missed opportunities, and 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 kind of beat this this deflating feeling. And that's how Portland established a 14-point lead. Um, that's how Portland really expanded the lead. And Orlando just never could build the momentum that they needed to get back in the game, could never build the momentum they needed to, to stay in the game, much less get back into the game. And, and the lead eventually ballooned further and further as Portland got some confidence. Again, Portland didn't score a ton. They weren't the best. They didn't have the best offensive game either. And this is a really good offense that the Magic held to, to 98 points. I mean, that's that's really good. Um, the Magic's defense did some good things, and they've quietly been doing some very good things here of late. In the month of January, I believe they're seventh in the league in defensive rating. So this defense is doing its job. Um, but Orlando is not able to score enough. That amplifies mistakes. That 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 you know drives home the point that the team's defense that the team's you know defense it, it, it's still on shaky ground again. The numbers are really good defensively. That the Magic gave up, I think, it was a 97 off- offensive rating, 102 offensive rating through three quarters. So yes, the Magic did that thing where they got down by 20, they reeled the lead back in to make it look more interesting and make the game look closer than it really was. This was not a 10 point game. This was a 20 point loss. This was an 18 20 point loss. The Magic got exactly the result that they deserved. Uh, a really just you know. Good. There are good things. Um, I think they will put. They will. You know, when they go to practice on Tuesday, they will go to the tape. They will show these good things. They'll say, "Hey, this was a good thing that we did." But then we gave up the offensive rebound. Then we lost this loose ball. Then we turned it over. We didn't build on the good plays that we have had, and that was a problem against Dallas. That was a problem in this game too. The Magic were able to make a good play, but not string together good plays, and certainly they were not able to string and string together enough shots to win game, to win the game. Again, you give up 98 points, you're doing something right. You give up 98 points, uh, especially to a team like Portland, you should win that game. Um, the Magic just were not able to get themselves going offensively. Um, just again, a low energy game. It, it really showed itself on that offensive end where the Magic were not moving the ball particularly well uh, and certainly not shooting with a ton of rhythm. And certainly, I think the frustration started to build from there. We'll dive into the box score, dive a little bit deeper into the offensive numbers coming up here in just a moment. But first, a word from our pals at Prize Picks. Look, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. I actually just started playing it, and I am having so much fun. It's the best daily fantasy game I have ever played. Certainly the one that I have done the best at, and I'm on the edge of my seat with every single game, no matter what that final score is. So, have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users will get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use the code NBA. So if you haven't done it yet, if you haven't tried it yet, Drop a few bucks in there. Give it a try. I can guarantee you're going to have so much fun, fun playing Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, uh, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, 
and plenty more. Here's how the game works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. So you're not dealing with these professional players that put a bunch of entries in your in 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 your in your prize pool and end up winning all the money. In fact, there, there's a good chance you're going to win money. And even if you lose, if you're half decent at this, you're not going to lose all your money. Um, I did a prize picks over the weekend, did NFL prize picks, grabbed Ben Roethlisberger under passing yards. Uh, I think I had Tom Brady over passing yards. I had DeMarco, uh, had uh, Ezekiel Elliott over rushing yards. Um, and, 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 and I think Joe Burrow over passing yards. I, I missed on two of them and I was sweating Ben Roethlisberger at the end of that blowout game against the chiefs, but I ended up getting three of my five correct. That paid me back 0.8 times my, uh, my initial, um, initial, you know, entry. So again, even when you lose, you don't lose at all. That's, 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 that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good thing. So you can get, come back and keep playing. So go to prizepix.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I want to thank you all again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Obviously a disappointing game for the Orlando Magic, a game where they left a lot on the board, uh, You know, did some good things, but not enough of them to get through. Um, the box score is going to look a lot uglier and really show you how ugly this game was for Orlando. Again, I like that they muck up the game. This team is a defensive-minded team. You got to play dirty. You got to play ugly. I don't mind low scores. Keep those scores down, but you got to score enough to win games, and that's just what the Magic did not do in this one. Orlando shoots 37.8% from the floor. That's 34 for 90. 8 for 32 from beyond the arc. That's 25%. And only 12 of 20 from the foul line, 60%. Again, you talk about the Dallas game where the Magic did some things. And again, credit to Dallas, credit to Portland for winning these games. I'm not taking it away from them. Um, but Orlando did a lot of things to shoot themselves on the foot. A lot of points left on the board. Um, the three-point field goal percentage, it's been bad. It's, it's The Magic are just kind of struggling with that right now. Um, the free throw percentage, you shouldn't be missing eight free throws. Again, it's it's guys here and there. It's, you know, uh, RJ Hampton going four for six. It's... Uh, 
you know, Robin Lopez going two for four. It's, it's, it's guys missing points, but they all add up, especially when the margin for error is this small. And especially, you know, again, Portland shoots fewer free throws than the Magic. They get 18 free throw attempts, but they make 17. That's the difference in the game. That's five points right there in a 10-point game. Um, you know, they make three more field goals. That's six more points right there in a 10-point game. Um, so again, that's 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 your 11 points. Orlando did shoot one more three, so there's your 10. Um, again, but the game was not that close. The game was was a was a blowout until the fourth quarter when Orlando outscored Portland 27-17 with the game well out of reach. Um, you you look at the box score then. The Magic led in scoring by Franz Wagner with 14 points, seven for 18 shooting, over five from beyond the arc, five rebounds, three turnovers. Um, you know, look, I, I think teams are starting to figure out Franz a little bit more. They're starting to they're starting to test him a little bit more. Um, he, he's hit a little bit of a rookie wall, I think, for sure, too, especially with his three-point shot, which with a lot of those shots, just, just off the mark. Um, but Franz is still doing good getting in the paint. Um, there's still a lot to like about Franz. I mean, don't don't be out on him because he's having a rough week. Um, don't be out on him for the rookie of the year or, or anything like that. He may not, he's probably he was probably never gonna win rookie of the year, but don't be out on him for the all-rookie team just because he's having a rough week. Um, he's still doing a lot of really good things, uh, especially with the ball in his hands, getting a lot more confident. Um, so again, I, I thought Franz was one of the few bright spots in this game, but again, not a whole lot going on there. Off the bench, Mortz Wagner with 14 points, five for nine shooting, two for four from beyond the arc. Just typical Mortz Wagner stuff. Um, did a good job kind of fitting in and, and getting to his spots and getting his shots up. Cole Anthony or Gary Harris with 10 points, four for 11 shooting, one for five from deep. Just Cole, just a bad shooting game from Gary Harris. Probably a little too three-point happy, especially early on in the game. Um, but he still made some things happen. You know, struggled defensively. I think they switched. I think he or he did he did fine defensively when he was guarding uh, Anthony Simons. Um, you know, really kept Simons from from blowing up the way he, that he's done. Thirteen points, eleven uh, four for eleven shooting, over five from deep for Simons in this game. He did have seven assists uh, for Portland from the Orlean from the Altamont Springs native. Um, additionally off the bench, Jalen Suggs had 10 points, five for 10 shooting, missed both, both of his three pointers, six rebounds, three assists, three turnovers. Um, I thought Suggs was really good. I thought Suggs was like one of the few players who played really good. Yes. He still gets himself trapped. He still commits some, some turnovers on just trying to do too much or trying to get out of trouble. Um, but overall he's finishing significantly better at the rim. He's getting to the basket a whole lot more. The Magic's offense functioned much better with Suggs in there than with Cole. Um, We'll get to Cole's numbers here in a sec. But, you know, you look at the plus minus, every bench player minus Mo Bamba was positive plus minus. And again, a lot of that came in the fourth quarter, but the Magic made their comeback in the second quarter because of the bench. Jalen Suggs was a big part of the Magic closing down the lead, tying the game there late in the second quarter. The starters were the ones that couldn't maintain the the momentum and maintain that same kind of energy and that same ability to attack the basket. It was a huge problem in this game. So Jalen Suggs, um, he was my MVP for the Magic this this game. Been really impressed with how he's jumped right back in uh, after coming back from the injury. He has not looked any worse for the wear, and, and I think the Magic will have to make some tough decisions here pretty soon about bringing him back into the starting lineup. Cole Anthony really struggled again. Nine points, three for, four, three for 13 shooting, one for seven for me on the arc. He does get nine rebounds, six assists, three turnovers as well for him. The Magic with 16 turnovers for 22 Portland points. Um, Cole's shot's just not falling. He's getting a lot of the same looks that he got earlier in the season that he was draining. They're not going down right now. Why is that the case? You know, he is coming off of spraining both ankles and has not had a lot of time to rest to let those heal. Uh, It might be nice if the Magic could let him rest, let him get a game to kind of get his legs back under him. I don't think Cole wants that, Um, but it it certainly feels like there's there's something lingering there. Um, But got to give Cole some credit too. 
um, while his shot was struggling and was struggling and he wasn't able to get anything to go down. The Magic really struggled with their rebounding in the first half. Cole Anthony was a big presence on the board in the second half. I thought he did a really good job just making sure that he was there to secure rebounds where he could. Um, you know, he's a really good rebounder for a guy for a guy his size, um, for guard. Um, so he he's he did a lot of really good things to help support on the glass there. And his six assists, again, his playmaking and his ability to find others continues to grow and continues to get better. Um, I think that's a really good sign for him moving forward uh, as he continues to develop as a lead guard. Again, Orlando scores only 88 points to shoot 37.8% from floor. Portland, not much better. 41.4% from the floor, 37 for 97 for 34 from deep, 17 for 18 from the foul line. Like I said, they didn't leave many points on the board, um, but they got big efforts from a lot of guys. Yusuf Nurkic, 21 points, 22 rebounds. He did have six turnovers uh, as Orlando's defense was pretty good at, at forcing some turnovers, 17 turnovers, but only seven points. Again, Orlando just did not take advantage of the mistakes and of the opportunities that they got that their defense created. And that's such a big deal for this team. Um, you look at, uh, other, other notable scores, CJ McCollum in his first game back with 16.713 shooting, just, you know, kind of found his space, did a good job against magic. Nasir little, the Orlando Christian prep alum, 13 points, four for nine shooting 10 rebounds for him. Robert Cummington also adding 11 rebounds for the Blazers. The Portland trailblazers defeat the Orlando magic 98 to 88. We're going to do it. We're going to rip the bandaid off. We're going to talk about the magic's offense and why this just cannot happen much longer for this team, especially as they continue to grow. But first, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year. As we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond, BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know, I don't think I'm breaking any news when I tell you the Magic's offense has struggled this year. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm probably not breaking any news to tell you that the Magic's offense has struggled for much of the last decade since Dwight Howard left in 2012. Um, but the Magic's offense is struggling. 
Overall, ranked 28th in the league in offensive rating, 28th in the league in effective field goal percentage, 28th in the league, uh, 29th in the league, I think, in three-point field goal percentage. Um, this is an offense that's really struggling. Um, just, just really, really struggling. Um, and it's and it's frustrating, I think, for me. You know, again, I think there's some good concepts in the offense. I think the Magic are trying to do the right things. Um, I think the fact that it's such a kind of freelance and free-flowing offense with a lot of trust given to a point guard, um, I do think that that the biggest hiccup that this franchise that this offense has is that there isn't that level of trust, and there probably isn't the level of playmaking and creation to run that kind of an offense. Um, you know, this is a group that's still learning how to play together and still learning the league in a lot of ways. A lot of mistakes are being made, and so you end up with a lot of quick three pointers. You end up with a lot of um, guys over dribbling, trying to create too much off the dribble instead of keeping the ball moving. Um, there's a lot of daily reminders that need to be had about the offense and about the way the team is playing. But, but of course, um, the Magic still, ha- you know, have to go out there and play. And unfortunately, right now, as much as their defense is improving, the offense is just abysmally bad. And I think we've seen. Um, in previous iterations of this magic that a good defense doesn't always last and B a good offense, a good defense cannot withstand a bad offense. A, a good offense can withstand a bad defense in a lot of ways, but a bad off a bad, a good defense cannot withstand a bad offense. At the end of the day, you need to put points on the board and miss shots lead to runouts. They keep your defense from getting set. Bad offense is, is, is just as bad for your defense as anything else. This Magic offense has been terrible. Um, again, this game was bad, but this was a growing trend, a, a bigger trend for the Orlando Magic. In January, you know, we would say in January, the team has played pretty well. They've kept themselves in game. They've given themselves chances to win. But in January, the Magic have the worst offense in the league. just want to point that out. In January... They're last in the league in offensive rating with a 101 offensive rating. Now, granted, smallish sample size, the last two games especially, have been really bad offensively. But that's still really bad, and they're last now in the league in effective field goal percentage. This despite, again, like I said, the Magic ranks defensively over the last few weeks. They're getting a lot better defensively. They, you know, they're, they're 25th in the league in defensive rating for the whole season. But in January alone, they are 7th in defensive rating. And that's a big reason why... They're in, in in games right now. Now, the optimist, the Jamal Mosley, and you might say, well, that's good. That's what we want to teach. That's what we're trying to get them to do. We're trying to get them to defend. That's our baseline. If we defend, we give ourselves a chance, we'll figure out the offense later. Well, it's time to figure out the offense. It's time for Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, to look at the draft, look at how they're adding players, and make this offense work, and give this offense a real fighting chance to succeed. They have some good weapons. You know, we still like Jalen Suggs a ton, we, you know, as a, as, a, as a potential offensive driver. You know, Markel Fultz, we're all waiting for Markel Fultz to come back just to give a little bit of stability, just to give the team a chance to, you know, just to have a table setter, a, a true table setter and true point guard. You know, we know Cole Anthony can get hot and really get going. And obviously Terrence Ross, Gary Harris have been very consistent, solid players for the last month and a half or so. Um, there are so many there's so many clear signs that this offense can work, but the Magic have to execute and they have to get there because the Magic cannot survive much longer 
certainly cannot rebuild the way they want to rebuild defensively if the offense is not working. And that's what we've seen the last two games especially. And that's what we really saw in this game. By every number, by every metric, the Magic's defense was really good on Monday night. The, the Magic played a defensive game statistically, at least by the numbers, that should have given them the win. But instead, what stands out about the Magic's defense? They gave up a ton of offensive rebounds during that 16-2 run. Absolutely. Something that needs to be corrected. The Magic are not a great rebounding team right now. Robin Lopez is not a great rebounder. Mo Bamba is not a great rebounder. Wendell Carter is an average rebounder, I'd say. Um, you know, maybe, maybe above average. They're really missing him. But the Magic have got to be more secure on the boards. They got to play with more energy. We're talking about the energy the team played with. I, although I think the Magic's defense was solid by the numbers and they did some good things defensively, they got beat to every loose ball. Like I said, that cannot be something that happens. They've got to be fighting for every loose ball. They'd be fighting for every possession. If their defense really matters, that means they want the ball when it's loose, when it's free. And they got to make sure they go get it. Again, the Magic did, did enough good things to hold a really good Portland offense to 98 points, just like they held a really good Charlotte offense down on Friday. But they were ultimately, they ultimately succumbed to their frustrations about the way they were shooting the ball. And that's human nature. And young teams especially are going to do that. There is a good defense in there, just like I think there's a decent offense in there. But the Magic have to find a way to bring that out. The Magic have to find a way to get their offense to run more consistently. They have to make some shots. But the reality is this roster is not built for that. The reality is the way the Magic have drafted, the way the Magic have looked at the draft and looked at adding players, they've often looked to defense, to building that defense and building that defensive identity. Well, it might be there already. What the Magic need is to score the ball. What the Magic need is to get the ball in the basket. Because that's the, that's the point of the game. That's, that, that's the point of the game. And the Magic cannot, you know, you have nights like this, sure. You have bad shooting nights like this. But you got to give yourself a chance to win still, even on a bad shooting night. You got to use your defense to create your offense. And that's just not happening. We've talked about pace on this show before. The Magic play at a fast, at a pre pretty fast pace. They're, they're about middle of the league in terms of possessions for 48 minutes. They don't get out in transition. They don't score a lot in transition. In fact, in this game, I think they were 5 for 11 on fast breaks. Just, just not a good number. Right now, I've talked about this a lot in the past, the Magic's margin for error is simply too small. Their defense slips a little bit, they get blown out. Offense is how you, narrow, is how you widen the margin for error. It's how you give yourself some cushion to make some mistakes, to learn to grow. And the Magic, frankly, don't have that right now. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himbley, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast your podcast enable listening device. You can be on Twitter at R underscore Dean, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Gale and Locked On Magic, this is Philip Ross and Wright. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.